special episode this week of Birdie's Not BS. And I'm not going to say what I usually say because Cheyenne, I just don't want to see her face if I say those those certain words. But this week, we got Boyd Summerhays joining us. Very excited to talk to Boyd about growing children in the game of golf. A question that we've gotten a lot from our listeners, something that we've experienced as junior golfers. Doug, you have little Rensi on his way up. I know. I know. Something we've all I'm experienced. Nervous. We're all going to be going through. Um, Boyd has done it in a remarkable way with all of his children playing at high levels. He obviously is co- the coach of Tony Fee now playing at the highest level. Um, I'm excited for this conversation. I know. I just want to get all my questions out to Boyd. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, I, <laughs> There's I, I want to know how he balances like tour life with like being a dad and then being a coach of phenomenal kids. I mean, those miles have got to be up there. I mean, both him and Tony, both Boyd's son. And Tony both played in the U.S. Open this year. Like, that's crazy. That's pretty cool. Let's no longer delay it. Let's get to it. Back at it again. I know Cheyenne hates when I say it, but today's special guest, Boyd Summerhays. I don't even know how you have time to sit down with us, Boyd. I know you just jumped straight off the tour, but welcome into Birdies Not BS. Hey, I'm excited to be with you both. First of all, I'm a Boyd fan. I'm a Boyd Summerhays. I'm a whole Summerhays family fan. (laughs) Like, you have had the most remarkable summer as probably a dad, an instructor, and a fan of the game. Talk a little bit about, you know, you got Grace, you got C-Man, you got Preston winning U.S. Junior, winning Sonny Hanna, just all over the States. How are you managing life? Yeah, I mean, when I stopped playing and then I started coaching, you know, things got pretty busy just on a coaching, you know, side. And then as my kids started getting older and Preston really started falling in love with the game, um, things just kept getting busier and busier. But Grace was still a swimmer when she was younger. And then when she decided she wanted a little piece of that golf, uh, it got even busier. And then Seaman's into it. So, yeah, my summers pretty much are uh, spent traveling with the tour players I teach and then uh, just basically following my kids, all the tournaments they go to. I really don't teach in the summer other than the tour players and my own kids. And, um, you know, I teach a ton the other months. But we Keeps just spent plenty busy. Oh, it does. It really does. And the more um, that they've progressed in the game, their tournaments get longer and bigger, right? They used to be the one or two day junior events locally. And then it turns into national events or three and four days sometimes. And, and uh, yeah, it's, it's been crazy busy, but I've loved it. You know, I, when I stopped playing and I started coaching, you know, you, you kind of, you don't, I mean, I I love the game, but you just don't know where it's going to go. And then, you know, fast forward eight, nine years of coaching and, to be coaching the players I do and then have my kids love the game so much and be being and doing some nice things in the game. Nice things is an understatement. That's a, that's an understatement of, of the year, boy. Your kids are doing unbelievable things in this game on a tournament level. What are the age ranges of your kids? You have three kids all playing golf. What are the, the age ranges that they're playing right now that they're at? Yeah, Preston's my oldest. He's 18, just turned 18 in July. Grace is 16, and Cam is going to be 13 in another week. So Wow. See, boy don't look old enough to have that, that <laughs> old of kids. You know what I'm saying? Like, you probably still get your ID checked when you get beer. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Me and my wife started young, for sure. You know, at the time, it was really hard having kids while I was traveling, trying to play the oh, sport. Oh, I bet. But then we look back on it now and think, wow, we wouldn't have it any other way because, you know, I do feel young, you know, and then I am able to probably work a little bit harder than maybe if I had my kids a little older, so. You got to tell me, you know, we want to talk to you a little bit about kind of coming up in golf and raising your kids in golf. But when you've got a last name like Summer Hayes in golf, I mean, you guys have decades of golf. Did your kids have any pressure on them to like want to kind of live up to the family name or, 
or play like you and your brother, even your pops? Like, how did that work out for, for Preston, Grayson, C? The reality of it is if you look at it the right way, 90% of being from a golfing family is going to be positive, but there is that little um, added pressure expectation. I, I, I tell my kids it's like 10% that could be negative if you look at it that way. You know, I think even when I, my kids started playing junior golf, not only did they feel a pressure maybe because of some of the players that have last names of Summer Hayes before that went before them, but also because I was their coach, they didn't want to let me down that way. But I, I think that was just something we talked about at a really young age, just saying, hey, the reality of it is don't look at this as a negative. Don't look at it as pressure, but look at it as honestly advantage and um, experience and that they actually, you know, they have a, if they want to look at it the right way and, and, and have the right attitude about it. It's, it's a big advantage, I think, you know, to come up through, you know, my uncle played on the Champions Tour. My, my grandfather was the head golf coach at the University of Utah. You know, me and my brother played. And then we have so many other siblings that play college golf and, and some pro golf. My, my, you know, my cousin, Carrie, played the LPGA Tour. At one point, I was playing the PGA Tour. My brother was on the Corn Ferry Tour. My uncle was on the Champions Tour, and my cousin was on the LPGA Tour. Wow! Damn. And that and that's really cool. And I and I take a lot of pride in that. And I I think when I was growing up, I didn't realize how cool that was until my rookie year. Um, BJ Singh was you know playing incredible golf at that time in 2004, my rookie year, and he came up to me and he said, "Hey, I'd never met him. I obviously watched him a ton, but he said, "Hey, Boyd." your uncle I'm sure is really proud of you. And a lot of times people thought that was my dad. And the fact that VJ knew the whole family kind of history and all that, I think, I, I think a lot of people, you know, I've tried to treat people the right way, but I, I do think that because my uncle was a good guy on tour, he was known as a nice man. And, you know, my brothers tried to carry himself the right way. It made it easier, you know, for us being out there that someone else had gone before us. And then I think with my kids, obviously they're getting to be out at tour events since they've been really young players have been so kind to them. They've loved on them. They've cared about trying to get them inside the ropes or let them feel the tour up close and personal. And, and I feel really blessed that um, they've been able to take advantage of some of that. Now we get a lot of questions from our listeners about getting their children started in golf. And with your history in the game, you've been very competitive, your family's competitive, and you are on tour quite a lot. Um, how do or did you go about raising your kids in golf and kind of keeping it fun and developing them. What was your strategy and kind of going about that? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's obviously near and dear to my heart because I see it um, go. I, I see family dynamics where the parents can be really helpful to their child. And I see the opposite too. I see where it's getting in the way of the child for sure and their performance. And so at the beginning, I always tell people it is only about having fun at the very beginning. Preston, would come with me ever since I can remember. We have pictures of where he's three and four years old. He's got a cut down driver, a cut down putter, and a bag of bread, loaf of bread. He would feed the ducks. He'd ride in the cart. I'd let him drive. You know, um, we'd eat there. That's awesome. We'd eat Key there. number yeah, one. The, oh, Key, yeah. Loaf, loaf of bread, bread and a golf cart. That'd get the kid hooked for life. And then yeah. as he showed that he did really love it, um, then I started to show him, you know, things technique wise because. Golf is so hard. It's so technical. Um, if a kid loves it, but then doesn't um, see progress in their game, they get really frustrated and they can kind of burn out and quit. And so I kind of like to say the early years, you make it all about fun, competitions, letting them play with their friends. Don't over instruct them because no kid is going to love to hear what they're doing wrong nonstop. And 
I always tell parents they're not supposed to be good when they're young. You know, Grace wasn't good until she was 13, 14 years old. She was terrible and she was supposed to be terrible when she was eight, nine, 10, 11, and 12. Dad right? can say that, right? Yeah. You, know what, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's real. Like it, didn't, yeah. it didn't bother me when I yeah. started hitting the weeds and the trees or made a bad decision, what would be viewed as a bad decision in a tournament. It was like, no, that's just how it's supposed to be. And, and so I, even though I was their coach, um, I was always really careful to not be overcritical. I think, you know, I, at the beginning, I would say good swing, good shot, good swing. If Preston would whiff it or Grace would whiff it, good shot if they hit it. Now those are the really early years, right? What do you call early boy? Cause everybody kind of has a different kind of definition. Are you saying early, like five, six, yeah. seven, or are you saying like six, seven, eight, like what's yeah, early? Five, six, seven, eight. Um, Preston, I let him play cross-handed when he was six and seven. You know, he kind of didn't know how to hold it. And I was like, fine with that. I just think parents can be a little bit, um, yeah, you, your kid, what he's shooting at five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but it doesn't matter. It just doesn't. And so, but when I knew that Preston loved it and he had the maturity, it wasn't just an age thing. It was a maturity thing, right? Like when he was eight or nine I, and seven, I could tell like, okay, he can kind of understand one thing at a time, but I did one thing at a time, not not overcomplicated. So first thing was his grip. And then I would just put his hands back on it correctly every time. Then he'd obviously want to move them. I'd put them back on the right time. And then once he had that down, we'd go to the next thing. And, and so what happened is he first loved the game. And then I tried to help him in a constructive way, start to get good at the game. Because when you're good at something, you end up loving it more, right? Love it. Yeah. Absolutely. And so that is the trick. I always say that. Make it really fun in the beginning. Make sure you, they 100% are doing it for themselves. Because if they're doing it for themselves, then they're going to want to listen and learn. Once you know that they have a passion for it and that they're doing it for themselves, then they're actually going to be more willing to, to learn. And so in my case, I was a coach for a living, so I became their coach. But I'd advise most parents to be the financial support, the emotional support, and, and get a coach that can do the coaching because I don't really think it ever really works. I don't like to see, see that, a parent. That's my question too, boy. I, yes. I don't love it. I just don't. I just, it only works for me and my kids because I had a dad. It was a great dad. He coached me and Daniel and he did a lot of great things, but he also made some mistakes. And so I could take the good things he did and then I could take maybe some of the mistakes he made and how I viewed it, you know, as a kid because I'm really, when I started helping Preston, I was still you know, 32. I'm, I was really young. I could still see it through a lens of, hey, how would it be to be the kid being talked to, but also be the, t you know, the person giving the lesson. So I think in most cases, I just really, I love it when I see a parent that is, supports financially, emotionally is there for the good rounds, bad rounds, and then just does trust and find them the best coach and team around them. That's my opinion. You say team, Boyd. Who, yeah. who is a golf team and when is it too young? When is the right time to kind of put a team around a, a player? That might be a really advanced question. Actually. No, that's a good no. question. No, that's, no yeah. that's not at all. You know, the, the way I look at it is Preston's 18 now. He's eventually probably going to have the opportunity to play professional golf. Grace, the same thing. See, man's still too young. We just don't know. And, and there's no guarantees. But I always think that if it's not amazingly fun in junior golf and in college golf, then pro golf is going to be a real drag, you know, because I just don't want my kids feeling like it's a, it's a job because it eventually will feel like a job. You know, Shan, you know that, Doug, you know that. It's it, when you choose to play for a check, it becomes a little bit different. So um, Preston and Grace's team, um, I, I would consider, you know, so when I look at where they were going to go to college, it was Arizona State in the end for them. That's what they decided because 
you know, they were with ping. That's part of the team a little bit equipment side, right? They, I'm their coach. Get They get along great with their own siblings, but their mother, we're all here in town. And then they do have a personal trainer that they've been working out with for a few years. And so that would, that would be the team. They don't have a, you know, sports psychologist. I went to plenty in my day and I <laughs> trained them just, you know, we have some really simple rules that I think, you know, allow someone to be pretty mentally tough if they follow some simple rules and they've been able to do that. And, but I do worry sometimes when I see the new modern era of teaching is some kids too young have a <laughs> massive team. And I just don't know how fun that can be, to be honest. But It's a lot of pressure on a kid to be almost yeah. living a professional life yeah, with a they, professional team, but you're still playing, you know, junior golf events. That's AJGA all sports event. too. You know, that's yeah. really all sports. You know, the, the IMG Academy years and they've got nutritionist coaches. They got masseuses. The they, got, <laughs> they got physios and they, you know, 14. It's like, what the hell? What it's you, a lot. What are you doing with all that? Boy, how do you manage like, home life, golf life, tour life, because Preston, Grace, Tony, your wife, you know, you guys are, are in and out of this kind of like lane of like where family is, where it starts and stops. How do you manage that with the kids? Because if I recall, you had to go from like to get to the U.S. Open, you like you crisscross zigzag the United States. You know, I tell my kids all the time, I love what I do. They love what they're doing. So yeah, it appears that I work hard and it appears that they work hard and they do, but we love what we do. And so golf is, is, is our life, you know, we're committed to it and, and, you know, it doesn't, as long as you're getting, you know, we have two family vacations a year where we're not allowed golf. We go to Newport every year, two times for one week and we don't play any golf. And other than that, my kids are playing nonstop. They love it. They're always competing. Um, I wouldn't say they're range rats. They'll get on the range if there's something to change technically, but you know, both Preston and Grace, I think, had a good swing by the time they were 14. So they get on the course, they try to find the best training partners or uh, competition they can. I, I'd encourage that. When you're talking about putting a team together, I think the one thing that parents lose sight of is that the best thing you can do for your kid is get your kid with the best player. Now, he's got to be a good kid because you want to have him stay out of trouble. I take that super serious with my kids. But Find someone that's better than your child and your kid will get better. There's no doubt about it. Preston's never been the best. Now he is the best at his, you know, his amongst his peers. But one, when he was 10, he was playing against 12 year olds. Then he had to fight to beat them. And once that got easy, then we put him up against 14 year olds. Then, then when that got easy, then he was playing amateur events. Then he started winning those. Then it was national amateur events and it just kept going on and on. So he'd never been the best. Yeah. Very, very, there you go. And it was like, go play yeah. Tony. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. It was like, go play Tony. Go play Ben Herman. Like, <laughs> I love that you. I love that you brought that up. When I was playing junior golf, I was always on the younger end of my age group, and I always moved up an age group so I could play against the older, better players. I wanted to ask how you did navigate that with your kids because I've seen Grace at the U.S. Open qualifiers and Preston, like you said, is playing national and some pro events. How did you decide to navigate that, and what was the conversation that you had with your kids? Well, I think that's a great point. I remember introducing Grace to you um, at the U.S. Open qualifying because I want her to look up to really great people and, and people that hopefully she's going to be able to play against someday. And she had no chance of making that qualifying. I knew she didn't. She, you know, there is always a chance, but she would have had to play perfect. But I've always had my kids trying for things well before I knew they were going to make it because they just were going to be able to play with players that did things better they're going to get to see courses that they're eventually going to need to succeed on to, to accomplish the goals um, they wanted to accomplish. 
I guess my kids, um, we call it, you know, seek the uncomfortable and then you become comfortable, right? So we're always putting them in those uncomfortable situations where by the time Preston's 18 and he's playing the hardest course in the world, Wingfoot, and he's playing in his first PGA Tour event, first major championship, you know, he's pretty comfortable because his whole life we've been, you know, putting him in, I, I was putting him in clinics I do for corporate outings when he was 10, 11, 12, and 13 years old, just kind of always getting them outside of their comfort zone. And one of the best ways to get a kid outside of their comfort zones is play against great competition, people that are better than you, courses that are probably too big for you. And uh, you just learn what you got to do to take that next jump. What's up, everybody? This is Maribel Quesada-Smith, producer of Birdies Not BS. That means I'm in charge of making sure everything we create connects with our audience in a meaningful way. And if you have a business or brand, you probably get why that matters. I'm a producer and creative consultant who understands that your online presence should be working for your brand, not against your bottom line. So if you're ready to create online video and audio content in English or in Espanol, that builds trust and turns your audience into loyal customers, go to maribelqs.com forward slash ready and let's make something meaningful together. Now let's get back to Doug and Cheyenne. Boy, when you're teaching, and I know you have, you run the gambit. You teach everybody from, from beginners to Brian Urlacher, who's yeah. oh, a yeah. beginner at the same time. <laughs> my bad, my bad, Birdman. But my question is, good. <laughs> my question is though, because I find it very fascinating. Your kids and you, they're meeting, you know, various kids from the community all over the country. And you've got the the hockey dad, golf dad, like yeah. go beat balls, kid. Like you need to, you're going to make it to the tour. You're going to be, you need to be like Preston or, or, or whatever, whatever they might say. My question is, is what are some of the, like the worst things that you see? Cause you have to see all of it, good, bad, and indifferent. So like when you're talking about bringing kids up in the game of golf and keeping them in the game, there's going to be, you know, times where they're comparing themselves to others, uh, where their kids, the parents are pushing them, et cetera, et cetera. What are kind of some of the do's and don'ts you see from that vantage? Well, I think right there, I think we call it, you're, you're always running your own race, right? Preston had his own journey. Grace come, came up behind him. She could have viewed it as pressure because she's Preston's little sister. Well, bless Cam's heart, if he wants to look at it the wrong way, he's coming behind Grace and Preston, right, and feeling that pressure. And so everyone's going to run their own race. Cam's going to probably be a good player later than when Grace and Preston are. I can just see that, just his size, and he's the younger age in the age groups. And that's fine with me. I think parents lose sight when they worry about stars and points. I didn't even know what a star was uh, until a couple years ago. Someone was asking why Preston and Grace were playing down at El Canto at a tournament or Dobson ranch. Oh, I, I love like, that course. Yeah. Canto. It just didn't, it just <laughs> didn't bother. It just didn't bother me. I'm like, what are you kidding? Are you talking? Yeah, I don't even know what you're talking about. My daughter's 14 at the time, 13 and Preston's 15, 16. I'm going to have them playing any, they want to play in everything. It doesn't even matter. It's just competition. So I think parents, um, believe it or not care. If you're, if the parent doesn't care about the stars and the points and the rankings, I always tell people, it's like, if you go to a good golf course, either a great golf course and you can shoot a good score, then a college coach will know you're good. Or you can go to an average course, but play against great competition and compete and they'll know you're good. I think a lot of parents, you know, feel that when a college coach comes around, oh, their kid's got to play good all the time. And that's not even a reality. Tour players don't play good all the time. So I think the best advice I could give to parents is to always try and to take off the pressure. 
I grew up, neither of my parents played golf. They were supportive. They wanted me to love it and be out there because I loved it. And I didn't realize that there was this, you know, bad type of golf parent until I went to college and I had teammates who were afraid to call their parents Mm, after a bad round. And that's, that's not something you ever want your children to have to go through. Yeah. I think a lot of parents kind of put their, their goals on their kids. Right. Like, I didn't make it to the tour, so now you got to. And if, if I would have known to do this and that, yeah. then I would have made it. So you're going to do it, and you're going to do it right. It's a lot of pressure. Yeah. The way I looked at it is my kids, you know, are going to do something with their lives. Like, they're going to be passionate about something. It doesn't need to be golf, but I feel like if a parent has a child that actually invests a lot of their time and energy into the game, it's number one going to keep them away from doing a lot of the bad stuff that's out there. Like I just didn't get in that much trouble growing up because I was always at the golf course. And so even, even if I wouldn't have made it, it still would have been a positive. And the people I met in the game of golf, I mean, a lot of my friends and business associates and deals all from, you know, people that I met on a golf course. So I think if a parent can have a perspective that, Hey, literally there's probably zero chance your kid's going to make it to the tour. Let's just start there. Your, mm-hmm. your kid isn't going to make it right. Even even Preston and Grace, like they know they're still up against it. Now they've do, done some great things to improve their odds, but still, there still has to be a lot that happens to to make it. And so I think if a parent can just start with, that's not why we're doing this. We're doing it because golf or any sport, if you do it the right way, it creates a work ethic that can last a lifetime, creates discipline. Golf is so up and down, it prepares you for life. I mean, nothing nothing simulates, in my opinion, life more than golf the ups and downs of it Absolutely. so yeah I, I twist tires curves <laughs> yeah i think if a parent can just see it for that and then and i do this like and this is one suggestion if you, if my kids gave you their cell phone and you went through their cell phones there hasn't been one round they've ever played in the last maybe seven eight years where i don't send a text and just basically it's always saying the same thing the same message but in a little different way but i love you i'm so proud of you and all your hard work go play free I'll play free, you know, wow. and, you know, just no matter what happens, you know, I'm proud of you. Cause if you get that out on the, before they even tee it up, it's the best gift you can give to your kid. Cause I'm always, I know that I tended to over try. I put too much pressure on myself. I was a hard worker. I was competitive. You know, I wanted it and I got my own way. And when you watch my kids play, I would like to think that they play a whole lot more free than I did when I played. Well, I'll say this boy, I hope your kids play free. But from a monetary standpoint, I know that shit ain't free. <laughs> yeah, for uh, sure. Luckily, yeah. you've been in a position to be able to have some financial means to support, you know, your, your, I mean, hell, you got three kids playing tournament golf. I mean, it's, it's expensive as hell, first of all, yeah. To, to, yeah. To, to do this. What is your advice to parents? Uh, because there's, there's kind of a sticker shock when you realize, yeah. oh, sh- shit, I'm going to spend it's crazy. Know, five, yes. six Gs, seven, eight Gs. Yes. And then if you're playing – you know, big time amateur golf, you know, travel. Walker Cuppers, you yeah. got a huge, it's a huge commitment, a tour player in home. So talk a little bit about what parents need to prepare for as it relates to uh, playing tournament golf for their kids and, and preparing for that sticker shock. Well, I, I think you, you guys hit it on the head, you know, golf, unfortunately it does cost so much money and, and that goes along with what I said already. Like, I already tell my kids, they already know how many hours I miss of teaching to teach them. I always tell them, hey, you know what I could be making, but I want to be doing that, right? <laughs> and, and you guys know how expensive these tournaments are, but that's my choice. That's my job as a parent to do that. And so it is a massive financial co- commitment. 
But my, my advice to the parents is to never, and because I, I hear this happen all the time, is that because it is so expensive and it is a big sacrifice to a family, you know, that can end up being pressure to a kid, right? Is like they feel like they, their parents remind them of how much it is. Like my right. kids just instinctively know it's a lot of money, but they don't owe me anything. I'm, I'm, that's my job as a parent to give them a chance to chase their gifts and dreams, right? And so, but it is expensive. But I will say this, um, Grace, so Preston, until this, uh, until last year, had only played two AJGA events. Um, I didn't play a lot of AJGA events until I was 16, 17 years old. And I don't think it was only because of the money uh, for my parents, but it was that my dad felt like he could find us good enough competition at home until that age. And so I think it may relieve some of the stress of some parents' worries that they don't have to travel nationally. If you can't beat the, if you aren't the big dog around town, you don't need to go anywhere. And so that'll save you some money too. Like the first thing I've heard. Yes. I, I, I never thought about That's it like cool. that. Because oh, you hear what I mean. Because like, the, the coaches oh. want you to play. That I remember what, going through the recruiting process, and the coaches were telling me, "We want to see you your finishes in these national events. We've oh. seen what you do at local, Doug. We need to we need to see your your national finishes." And I was like, "No fuck, I can't go yeah. to yeah. national events. You want me to go to AJGF from Kentucky, man? Like that? Everything was far." Yes. <laughs> well, and I kind of agree with that. Even though you know, I did have the means even five, six years ago to have them travel nationally. I was just like, it didn't make sense to my brain. I didn't want to spend that when I knew that they had everything they could handle right here in their backyard, you know? And if you are the best one or two players in your local junior golf association, you're playing D1 golf. A lot of times it's the top five kids. So I think that would leave leave a little burden on parents. The first tee is a great program. You know, we got the, the youth on course, they're playing for $5. My kids were playing at Longbow, you know, last year because Longbow was in great shape. They're playing for $5. You know, there are some opportunities, but I think just knowing that you don't need to play a ton of national events to for your kids too young, that may leave a little pressure from the parents. You know, so just just play locally, play up, play against the best amateurs. Play against the best pros locally, and then if that's still not doing it for you, and you're you're so good, well, then go you can just start traveling. Yeah, <laughs> go to Q yeah. school. Yeah, yeah <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you're ready. But does, that, but does that make sense? I mean, I yes. think parents misunderstand. They got to be chasing all those points. Like, once again, well, it comes from the coaches too. The coaches yeah, sit here and tell does. them, "Well, look, I want to exactly. hear. I want to see your kid play against the nation's best talent." Yeah. It's like, how the hell do you expect kids to go? You know, all over the country. You know, I had two parents that worked. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. playing the junior tours. I'm, I had to get rides. What no Uber back then? It's you know not only saying? financial, but it's the time as well that the, the parents time. are putting yeah. in. You know, it's totally a huge agree. commitment driving to golf tournaments, flying to golf tournaments, and taking that time off of work when you are working yourself. So I'm really glad that you're able to make that point because we get that all the time. What were the highlights from your summer this year with all, with all your kids? So Cam... Cam um, he kind of, COVID kind of hit him the hardest. I always take him to two tour events a summer, just me and him, you know, because that's where at nine years old, I started taking my kids on the road. I felt like that was old enough to where they could take care of themselves. I'd be doing my thing. They could be outside the ropes and everything would be fine. Um, so Cam caddying for anytime I'm caddying for my kids, it's usually my most favorite. Um, <laughs> so caddying for Cam and the Utah state junior am. He didn't win, but some of those conversations and the fact that he felt that was his goal is to win it, to be there with him during that. That was my favorite moment with him. 
um, got crazy choked up with Grace winning the Utah Women's State Am. She, I was catting for her two years ago when she lost on the 18th hole in the finals to become the youngest, you know, Women's State Am winner. Um, and, you know, she was busted. You know, she's super competitive. You know, she was really, you know, disappointed. And this year she got to face um, the girl that beat her last year in the semifinals. She beat her on the final hole with a birdie. And then she beat the four-time Utah State Am champ, Kelsey Chug, who also won the U.S. Pub Links three years ago in the finals. And, um, yeah, I, w- I got emotional in the round. Like, I had to catch myself when oh, it wow. felt like she was going to win. And I'm not an emotional guy. I trained myself to, to keep that out of it, right, and just, and just do, do the catting, do my thing, and just, you know, stay focused. And I, I, got, I got choked up two holes to go. Yeah, you, I could feel like she was going to pull it out and – and uh, yeah, I was crying on the air. Wow. Too, on as a parent, yeah, as, as a coach, a, it's as a fun parent, to watch. Yeah. But yeah, as yeah. a parent, mm-hmm. to see it firsthand, that's got to yeah. be special. Yeah, because that for me, for her, is that, you know, she doesn't view it this way, but she kind of is under Preston's shadow a little bit. And she's done some great things. But when she won and she did become the women's, you know, youngest women's state amateur champ, like to me, that was a really special moment because I felt like that was her kind of coming out party. And it was her moment. It was all about her. And, and, you know, I was super emotional. It gets me emotional thinking about it. And then Preston, um, the Sunny Hannah, I was there the first two days. And then Tony, I had to go teach some guys in Minnesota. And then Tony had me, it needed a favor, needed me a caddy. So I had, I had my best buddy stay with Preston. So I can, I, I get to see every shot my kids play during the summer, basically. I have someone with them, whether it's my wife or someone I have go out with them. So they can film it. I can see it. I feel like I'm there. And I found out during the middle of the second round wow. with Tony and Tommy Fleetwood um, that he had won. And so I take my camera out and I'm like, P, you know, because Dottie Pepper had told me he won. And I was like, he's the youngest ever. He beats Ricky Fowler's record, call Mark Howe. And I'm, I'm getting emotional on the course and I'm, I'm telling him congrats. And Tommy's like, here he turned it to me and he's telling him congrats and tony's telling him congrats on there and we're sending it to him on the next wait on the tee and it's like those moments are crazy but to me my favorite moment with preston was by far the u.s open just seeing how far he's come he's won the u.s junior he's won the sunny hannah he's won two men's state amateur champs um but for him to be as comfortable as he was at the u.s open for him to be as excited and um i could tell he can taste it he can see it where his game's at and that was really emotional. I, you know, Golf Channel and USGA did a couple pieces where I, I couldn't, I couldn't hold back my emotion. You know, I try to not be emotional. It just to see your son and how he's a good kid. You know, he's a humble kid. When he loses, he's humble. When he wins, he's humble. And uh, to see him on the biggest stage, arguably in golf, you know, U.S. Open at Wingfoot, and doing and doing his thing, and just all the years, you know, when he started talking about it, because he got asked the same question, he. He's basically like, yeah, it's we've been on a golf course our whole lives together since he was three with that loaf of bread, cut down putter and driver, and then fast forward we're at the U.S. Open, Wingfoot. Like I, I pinched myself for sure and thought, wow, it's not what I thought I was going to do. I always thought I was going to be a player my whole life, and then I was a coach, and then here I am caddying for my son at the U.S. Open. Like it was surreal for sure. I have to say I'm so impressed just with how you've been able to balance obviously coaching on on tour, uh, raising your kids in the game, and just the success that you've had in all, all around in your life. It's very impressive. 
And it excites me to see your kids coming up and sounds like they're very well balanced as well. Just their love for the game, their love for competition and knowing that that's not it in life. Because like we've said, a lot of parents raise them to think that golf is it or that sport is it. But I just have to really give it a blessing because I'm just very impressed and I'm so thankful that we were able to have you on the show. So hopefully some parents can take what you said to heart and, uh, and help their own kids. Right. And thank you for the post boys. I like, I feel like it's like Boyd golf channel, like, you know, summer (laughs) Hayes channel. Like I always tune in and it's like, I'll go down the rabbit's hole. Like I'll be like watching TV with my wife. And she's like, are you on Instagram? I'm like, no, no, no. I'm watching Preston. I'm watching, I'm watching Grace. And it's yes. like, I'll, I'll watch like nine holes of golf on your, on your social media. I, I appreciate that. Like, it's dope. So thank you for all you do for, yeah. for the game and, and, and all the people and all the minds that you're helping to shape. Boy, how do people get a hold of you? Oh, just, uh, you know, they can look at my website, www.summerhazegolf.com. I'm not really taking any other students on really, but I just... I, I'm glad that you guys enjoy kind of what we do on social media. To me, it's just my journal. It's my journal. And occasionally throw my kids on there because they want to play in front of people someday. I might as well have them playing in front of mm-hmm. some people right now. But I think when you guys ask what my favorite moments were, I mean, those are specific moments. But like I would, these matches we have on the daily basis and just being together and the travel, the road trips and all these jokes we're having with each other. I think that's what I'll remember the most about golf is that I do have those memories with me and my seven siblings. Me and my little brother, Daniel, are so tight because of golf. And I would just encourage every family to like, just let golf make you closer as a family. Because when you see us on Instagram, I mean, Instagram can be different for everybody. It cannot be real, but like uh, you could come in and just watch us on a daily basis. And that's what it is. Like we just play golf together and we have fun together and we support each other, my, and, and I, golf's been an amazing thing for our family. So parents, don't let golf, let it, let it bring you together with your child. And that's a great question to ask. Is this making me closer to my kid, making him you know, feel like I'm, you know, as a parent, closer to them, or is it actually tearing us apart? And if it's tearing you, you apart with your kid, have an honest discussion with them. You know, we've, I've had to have heart-to-hearts with my kids. You know, I've messed up too. But just be honest with your kids and let them be honest and let golf bring you together. That's it. Awesome. That's, that's, that's some no BS right there. Yeah. Boy, we appreciate having you here, man. Thank you so much for taking the time. I know you busy. You probably got to catch a flight right now. But uh, thank you so much. And uh, we appreciate you, bud. No, I respect you both. I wanted to come on and chat with you guys. I appreciate it. That was awesome. Thank you. I honestly feel like that was one of the most informational episodes that we have had to where I know a lot of our listeners can apply it. I know when I have kids one day, I'll apply it because it's hard raising kids in golf or in any sport, really. Three of them. Three of them. I mean, them. he's got three kids and tour players all playing at a high Jeez. level and still managing to be a husband. And, he and is Superman. I don't know how he does it. <laughs> like, Boyd, wow. One thing I learned from Boyd really is just the attitude that you should have towards your kids and mm-hmm. knowing that it's okay to, to mess up as a parent and, but you, you need to apologize or, or, or be vulnerable in front of your kids. That's yeah. going to help them be better like human beings. Like that's yeah. dope to me. I think that's a huge life lesson as well. Mm. Just, I know in growing up, we said we've all seen the bad parents of taking it home, taking it in the car ride home. Um, I love that 10 minute rule that he had to where he has that conversation with his kids. And then after that, it's done. It's just being able to set boundaries. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. sure like, I'm sure he has to have that for his own sanity's sake because his personal life, his marriage and his job and his passion all kind of weave around yes. golf in some form or fashion. Yes. So 
Big shout out to Boyd Summer Hayes, man. We appreciate you. We're going to look forward to playing with y'all. Matter of fact, we're going to figure out a time to get out there with Boyd, uh, Preston, and Grace and see, man, if possible. See if we can play five. That'd be or fun. Six. However, I, damn, boy, that's right. You got threes, four, y'all. You guys don't force them. <laughs> but uh, big shout out to Boyd Summer Hayes. Make sure y'all go follow him. Uh, he's the most fun to watch when his kids are competing because you get to see every shot. It's the Summer Hayes Golf Channel. It's amazing. So uh, thanks again, Boyd. Appreciate you guys tuning in. As always, Birdie's Not BS. Me and Shy, we love y'all for it. Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, Birdie's Not BS, as well as birdiesnotbs.com. Appreciate y'all. And Cheyenne, it's nice to have you in the studio. Doug, you just killed that. I think that was the first time we've gotten it one time through. I know. I, I didn't even get to say a word. I know. Because usually <laughs> I forget what I have to say, and then I, like, tag you in. Like, hey, what, uh, what's the other thing that I need to... Oh, you know what? Today's just my day. Boy got me hyped, man. So uh, let's go get to the course now. Let's go. I'm ready.